What are the biggest matchups individually and looking at the position groups for the game of the week in the Pac-12? Number nine, UCLA at number 10, Oregon. Breaking it all down. Here we go. You are Locked On Ducks, your daily podcast on the Oregon Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, it is that time once again for Locked On Ducks, a crossover edition featuring Zach Anderson, Yoxheimer of Locked On UCLA. Whichever side you are supporting in tomorrow's Pac-12 bout, thank you for making this your first listen or your first view of the day. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your number one source to stay up to date with the Ducks or the Bruins, wherever you're listening to or watching this show. Like, comment, subscribe to the channel. Thank you to everybody out there. Who has done so for both of our shows to this point? Today's episode brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Sign up on underdogfantasy.com with promo code locked on and get your first deposit doubled up to $100. Let's get right into it, Zach, because there are so many great things to talk about going into this game. I've talked a lot on my show all week about the stakes and the big picture and all that sort of stuff. And today we're getting into the, the devil is in the details sort of thing. So first thing I want to ask you about UCLA. The two names that that stand out when you're talking about slowing down the Bruins offense, DTR and Zach Charbonnet. Now, Charbonnet had 56 total yards a year ago against Oregon, 35 rushing yards, second worst of his career. DTR was good, got injured late, or that game might have ended differently. Oregon had a 17-point lead, let it slip away. But those two guys are so dynamic in the running game. How do you slow them down? I mean, I think first it, it... Comes to making sure that first down isn't five, six yards a pop. Charbonnet's been, when he touches the ball, it seems like he's getting bowling over six, seven yards. It seems like the Bruins have had tougher times picking up short yardage gains than they have getting those easy gains. And to be quite honest, it doesn't seem like anybody's figured it out in the last nine to 10 games. So I don't know if there is an answer recently, but the big thing is one, you probably, you always have to key in on Charbonnet and you have to have someone spying on DTR because he, around the edge he's had an 87 yard touchdown mind you that was week one against bowling green but if you fall asleep on dtr he will make you pay just just like bo nix will for sure and i think jeffrey bossa is the guy to do that for oregon he's at least the most capable he did it against cam ward not with a great amount of success he also did it a couple times against dtr a, a season ago and it's not that he's you know perfect i don't think there is a perfect player to match up to spy with Dorian Thompson Robinson because he he is that sort of an athlete. His agility, his quickness, his decisiveness in the running game is also really impressive. But let's say Oregon can force him to give the ball to number 24, and that is an NFL caliber running back, in my view, in, in Zach Charbonnet. What do you remember from last year's game, Zach, that allowed Oregon to have success just keeping him in check. Was it a game flow thing? Was it dominating the offensive line? What did you see from the Ducks defense a year ago that hopefully, at least from my point of view, of course, and uh, the Duck fans out there listening and watching are going to be able to repeat on Saturday? Well, one, it was weathering the storm, right? If we remember, despite the Ducks having that lead late, UCLA came out with that first punch and then it kind of came to game flow. And all of a sudden, when you're down, like Oregon was last year to UCLA, a couple of scores, kind of got to change things up and be more aggressive. And then all of a sudden, all right, you're up 14. Maybe UCLA got too cute as they had. You know, last year, they didn't have things rolling as they did this year until the end of 2021. The Ducks kind of thought they were the better team and 
quarters two through three, they outscored the Bruins 27 to three. They dominated the middle portion of that game, and it took a near choke late for UCLA to even have a shot. So I think it went game flow, aggressive mindset. UCLA probably didn't believe they were going to be up two scores that early in that game. I think maybe the mindset change really altered that one, and Oregon controlled a lot of the game, just not in that first quarter. One of the best matchups individually that'll take place in this game, regardless of how much it's raining and how successfully either side will be able to throw the football, Zach, is Jake Bobo against Christian Gonzalez. And that's that's best on best, right? That's the best wide receiver for UCLA. That's the best corner for Oregon. It's the sort of situation or matchup for me to where it could go either way. I could see Gonzo holding him to three catches for 42 yards. I could see Bobo going off for 100 yards and two touchdowns. It's just one of those instances of one guy is going to show up, one guy, and I'm curious to see how Oregon plays those defensive matchups as well and whether or not Gonzo will shadow him as the game goes on. But let's go beyond Jake Bobo. Who are the weapons that DTR likes getting the ball to? I thought it would be more Casimir Allen coming into this year, but he's basically been relegated to being a return specialist, a very dangerous one at that. But DTR is throwing for 300 yards. Basically, week in and week out, it's not all to Jake Bobo. So who are the other targets that UCLA has as uh, weapons in that offense for Chip Kelly? I mean, it's kind of per pass, per completion. You have DTR, who's got one of the best completion rates. And it's not like he's, as you mentioned, throwing it to Jake Bobo. It's who is it going to be this time? Ezekiel had Michael Ezekiel, one of the tight ends for UCLA, has stepped up. And last time out for the Bruins, it was, I believe, nine different receivers against Utah and not any of them really having that big standout performance like Bobo had against Washington a few weeks ago. You can just kind of pick your poison. You have the the tech the the transfer. You have Cam Allen. You have all you have all these guys between Ezekiel, Logan Loya having that seventy yard touchdown. It can just be a pick your poison. You can focus in initially on, on Jake Bobo, but then the likes of the Bruins they just have so many different weapons. I always like to keep Kaz Allen as a guy who can, you know, you, you never know if he's ever going to break out, and that's the one time where UCLA has it. There's Cam Brown. There's just so many different guys. Even Charbonnet this year has proven he can be a pass, a, a capable pass catcher. It's just kind of tough to bring it to one Titus, Mokiao, Atimalala. You, you can throw all these names, and these are all guys that could have one reception. The difference is, is it like Logan Loya, who went for 70 yards and the game clinching touchdown, or do you hold them to a, a meaningless five-yard pass? That's that's the big difference. Keeping it in front of them for Oregon, regardless of who catches it, is the big key for this one. UCLA's offense this year has been prolific. They, they run the ball well. The offensive line's been solid. They pass the ball really well. DTR is, I, I think, completing 75% of his throws. Zach Bonix, not far behind him at just a shade under 71. Both guys have really been at their best here in their fourth and fifth years of college football, respectively, fourth for uh, and Knicks and fifth for Dorian Thompson-Robinson. But what is it about him that you've seen that's allowed him to take a step forward and be such a high completion percentage, low turnover, but high volume guy? It's not like he's dinking and dunking around. You know, Anthony Brown a year ago completed a good percentage of his passes, but just about none of them were, were downfield. Certainly not as many as Oregon needed to, but DTR will take shots down the field. He'll complete them. He's accurate. He's got a, a good arm. What's the biggest change in his game over the last season or two that's allowed him to take a step forward? I mean, off the field and on the field, he's kind of embraced. He's always embraced it, but he's been a very vocal leader. He shows his emotions on the field. He makes that known. He came in the year saying, 
the Bruins are taking receipts. And week by week, he's reading them and holding them up. Receipts are being held. And even though Oregon, you know, they they might be proverbial favorites coming in. But I, and a lot of things I've noticed is the offensive schematics. He's not necessarily throwing guys open. He's hitting guys in stride, a little underneath route here. Jake Bobo making himself as wide open as he could be against Washington. But then when he's needed to, he's placed balls in perfect spots. So it's been a mixture of three different things between guys being open due to the offense on underneath routes, countering a Utah blitz for a touchdown. You've got guys who are great route runners like Bobo. And then in opposed to as years ago, him turning it over with a careless interception, he's 15 touchdowns to two interceptions. Those one to two throws that weren't in that game, that weren't in perfect spots years ago, he's putting those one to two throws, which can make a difference in the game in the right spot. Are there any weaknesses to this UCLA offense? I'll ask Zach about that after remind you this episode is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy, the easiest place to spice up college football this season. They have a very easy-to-play format that's available in over 30 states. You can go to this game between Oregon and UCLA, pick a variety of players, Jake Bobo, DTR, Bo Nix, Bucky Irving, whoever it is, you can pick them over and under their totals for the game. Pick between two and five, or maybe if you're feeling a little bit risky, you can pick more, or you can just pick one do whatever you want and decide if they'll finish higher or lower it's one of the easiest fantasy to play games out there and you can win cold hard cash in a single game sign up with the promo code locked on one word and underdog will double your first deposit up to a hundred dollars deposit a hundred dollars get a hundred dollars free go to underdogfantasy.com or find the underdog fantasy app in the app store or google play store that's underdog fantasy promo code locked on one word to get in on the college football pick em action today March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. So, Zach, the UCLA offense since conference play has begun has been, in a word, electrifying. Three games, three results over 40 points. Oregon's offense, same sort of thing. I'm sure you'll ask me about that later in the show. But those first three games, the offense, it wasn't all sunshine and rainbow and roses and happy times there were some sluggish starts in there so what can Oregon's defense do that UCLA showed a a potential vulnerability to in those first three games that you know their offense eventually figured it out against inferior competition if Oregon can get them off to that sort of start I think that's the best spot they can really put themselves in against an offense like this one so what was it about those first three games that caused the offense to just kind of stumble here and there I'm just going to be blunt with it, Spencer. Make UCLA do something completely stupid. Make DTR do something dumb. All the talk I've seen, the comments, I see it's going to Otzen, the weather, the atmosphere, the implications. It's make the moment too big for them and let them make the mistake. And another key is third down defense. You know, like UCLA, one of the better teams at getting those numbers, Oregon kind of shown that they aren't as good with you look at the numbers, but in the end, it's what's decided on the field. One, there's going to be rain. 
UCLA, that first game against Bowling Green, dropping snaps, block punts, DTR, very ill-advised interception. Kind of seemed like the Bruins of old, just the team sneaking by. It's hard to say you sneak by Bowling Green by 28 points, but it felt like they did in the heat. And then against South Alabama, they dropped the ball a couple of times. They literally were on the goal line and dropped it once and a bad pitch, which could happen in a rain-soaked atmosphere like they're expecting in Eugene. So maybe it's not necessarily them having to do something completely different, but keep it in front of them and just let UCLA make the mistake. Could be the difference or Oregon, whatever it is, it will come down to a mistake. It may not be who's the better team overall. It'll come down to mistakes. And the Bruins proved that in the first three games. And let's be real. Who are the defenses they were playing? Colorado and Washington. And that got them in a groove for the Utah game. The Bruins' confidence flowing. And now they're believing, as I think lots of Bruin fans are at this point. I expect Chip Kelly to come out and throw the ball probably 60-40, whereas he typically wants to run the ball 60-40. I think even if the rain's coming down a little bit, you look at this Oregon defense and say, Boy, they've been stout against the run, and they have been vulnerable against the pass. The, the statistics bear that out. The eye test for Oregon fans certainly bears that out. I want to go to UCLA's defense, though, Zach. When you look at this Oregon offense, what worries you the most about what the Ducks have brought with, with this multiple attack led by Bo Nix in the rushing game? I mean, I kind of think you look at the rushing numbers. These are two of the best rushing defenses. Are they going to stand up, right? Do I, You know, does... Oregon brings out the best rushing attack UCLA has seen all year. And mind you, even though UCLA went and beat Utah, Utah still ran the ball in them. UCLA just did it a little bit better, which might be another key. I think Oregon's rushing attack, especially Bo Nix being so versatile, are the Bruins going to be ready to deal with an attack that they probably haven't seen all year? They've seen a little buildup, right? You had the passing game, looking at Penix Jr., you got the kind of combo-ish of Utah, but they haven't truly seen an Oregon team that's very confident, and both teams have had that bye to, to get ready. I just think UCLA, the rushing numbers, you can point, all right, they, they gave up a lot of rushing yards to South Alabama, over 100 yards, and they were outrushed against the Jaguars. Utah ran the ball. They were able to do that. A lot of Cam Rising, I think Bo Nix will certainly have a success if UCLA isn't coached up or executes defensively. And Bo Nix in the month of October, I, I heard the other day, averaging over 15 yards a carry. He, he's been explosive in the Oregon run game, and it's not necessarily a primary component of why Oregon has run the ball well, but it's certainly a feature. And I, I definitely think that's something Oregon can exploit. Statistically, you look at it and say UCLA is allowing under 100 rushing yards a game. Only Oregon is the other Pac-12 team to do that so far this year. I still feel confident about Oregon running football. I, I really do because they have that Bonix component, but this Oregon offensive line is ridiculously good, Zach. It, it was the biggest strength I thought Oregon had coming into this year, and it's played out even better than I thought. Bonix wasn't sacked until I think game five, game four or five. They ran the ball at four and a half yards a carry for 132 total against Georgia. That's one of the highest totals the Bulldogs have allowed in the last couple of years. They, they've done a lot of things well. As we continue here with our Locked On crossover with uh, Zach Anderson-Yoxheimer of Locked On UCLA and, of course, myself, Spencer McLaughlin of Locked On Ducks, we'll flip the script. Zach, you can pepper me with questions about the Ducks as we continue looking at this top 10 showdown looming at Autzen. I, I know we're all excited for, for this one. And um, at, at this point, even as I say it, I just want the game to start already. 
I can't wait. I can't wait at all. In the meantime, I kind of teased this before, Spencer. Third down numbers. UCLA one of the best at converting third down offensively. Yeah. Are you afraid the Ducks is, do you think that third down defense, the percentage wise, the Ducks one of the worst in the nation? I know Georgia had a high clip. Is that more of an outlier or are you truly worried about UCLA continuing to extend drives like they've done all year long? No, it's a great question. And I've talked about it this week on the show. I think it's the biggest statistical concern I've got going into it, even more so than DTR being a prolific passer this year in Oregon, allowing a lot of yards. Part of the reason they've allowed so many yards through the air is because they've struggled to get off the field. It was a problem a season ago. I hope that the new staff would have upped the statistical numbers from what they were last season, but they just haven't. And They've struggled to get off the field. It was a problem against Georgia, but it's been a problem really all season long. And I won't say it's been an outright bend, but don't break because they've had a couple sequences where they force a three and out or one first down and then a punt against Arizona or, or Stanford, or, or they force a turnover here and there. But that's, that's an area of concern. And if that rain really starts to pick up, I think that helps the Oregon defense tremendously because that run defense, I, I trust Oregon's more than UCLA's. At this point, so if you get into a really, really rain driven battle where you essentially have to run the football on 70 percent of your plays because you just can't risk throwing it that much. and It's too hard to complete passes. I think that favors the Ducks because I think this is by far the best rushing attack that UCLA has seen this year from Oregon's offense. And I think defensively, the Ducks present the biggest challenge for that UCLA offensive line they've seen so far. Normally, I would have said Utah, but I've watched Utah get pushed around a little bit, right? They were pushed around. That front four gave Caleb Williams an hour to throw the football every time he dropped back unless they blitzed extra guys. So I think this is the biggest test for them, and it's asking a lot of the Bruins to do it on the road. So if you tell me that it's hard for DTR to throw the football because it's wet, I think that helps the Oregon defense a lot, but the, there's no way no way to look around the fact that the third down defense, especially with UCLA and Chip Kelly calling plays there on third down, that's an area that, that's got my attention and, and could be a big factor in this game. UCLA is one of those defenses that's kind of, you know, as you mentioned, this is a bit of bend but don't break defenses. This will be an interesting one. Who's the team that asserts their authority? Where do you think Oregon's offense can truly exploit UCLA. I know one of the starting linebackers for UCLA, John John Vaughn's a bit banged up. Leatu Latu has been a nice surprise for the Bruins. Unretiring, being one of the best players on the AP midseason All-America team. Yeah. Do you think that UCLA at any point can get any pressure on Bo Nix that he's not seen from a UCLA defensive line that's surprised at times but isn't always overwhelming? It's a really tall task, and I, I'm sticking with my outright confidence in this offensive line. There are a couple preseason first-team All-Pac-12 performers on there and a preseason honorable mention, and guys who have garnered those sorts of recognitions over the, the last couple of years. Here's the thing with them, Zach. No matter what Bill McGovern is going to throw at them, UCLA's defensive coordinator from a blitz perspective or a stunt or anything like that, these guys pick it up no matter what combination of players they have out there. Steven Jones has been hurt most of the year and Marcus Harper's filled in. I haven't noticed a drop off whatsoever. We've seen Dawson Jaramillo get in there from time to time and he's still done really well. He's a really solid guy to have as your, your number six or seven offensive lineman. And the, the thing aside from those two guys, but even Dawson's been around for a little while, 
is their experience, their veteran, and their center, Alex Forsyth, and their left tackle, TJ Bass, and their right guard, Ryan Walk. Those three, Big Sala as well, though he's a little bit younger than the other two, have have played so many games together, and it shows. So if you're going to try and stun up front to get pressure, or you're going to blitz it exotically, there have been seldom times, and I, I am positive that defensive coordinators have tried this year to dial that sort of stuff up and make Bo Nix uncomfortable. But this offensive line has seen it all, and they're good. They're well-coached. Mario Cristobal and Alex Mirabal built great offensive lines, and these guys are a product of that coaching staff, and they are really, really good. And Adrian Clem's doing a great job with them, and they're picking up the offense really well. They continue to block well. They're big and experienced. I really think it's going to be a, a good chess match to see where Latu blitzes from and who he has to try and get by to get to the quarterback. But I, I'm keeping my faith in the Oregon offensive line because that unit has been absolute nails. They didn't allow a sack against Georgia. They did not allow a sack against Georgia. That was not the problem. <laughs> yeah, I, that was not the problem. I think UCLA's defensive line has improved tremendously. But if you're allowing no sacks against Georgia, I have a hard time saying you're going to be able to harass Bo Nix and get him on the ground very often. In the meantime, Spencer, I think a lot of the talk around UCLA has kind of been, all right, are they for real? Is the schedule easy? And we've talked about that. The real question is for Oregon, were they as bad as they looked against Georgia? Did they turn it? Was it just the new head coach first game against Georgia? I've seen some of the comments, all these things. How ah, they got waxed by Georgia. This is not the feeling I'm getting from this Ducks team. It seems like one, maybe a bad, a terrible week one matchup to have. But still, a really good team in the in the wrong week one, and then finding themselves on the right footing coming into this one. Yeah, it, it was a perfect storm in a bad way for the Ducks in week one, and this is, is a football team that has put that in the rearview mirror completely. And they played a close game against Washington State on the road that they probably should have lost, but they found a way to win. They made a stop when they needed to. They executed when they needed to, and they made a big defensive clinching play with Mace Funa's pick six of, of Cameron Ward. And I think that has done wonders for their confidence in playing at Autzen Stadium. Rain or shine, never rains at Autzen Stadium. That's the lore, of course, amongst the uh, Duck fans that most people watching and listening on my side will know. But it uh, it can, in fact, rain at Autzen Stadium. I have been there in a borderline monsoon at Autzen Stadium before. But regardless, the Ducks have been a tough team to beat there for a reason. And, and the hype around this game and game day being there is going to create as ruckus of an environment that UCLA has seen all year, even more so. You know, Colorado gets more support even when they're bad than you would think. But the Bruins haven't seen anything like Autzen Stadium to this point. And I think that's the biggest advantage for Oregon going into it. I trust the offensive line. I think Gonzo can, can slow down Jake Bobo the way he did uh, the way the whole secondary did, frankly, a little bit with Arizona's receivers, because I think they're a very talented bunch. But DTR is a better quarterback than Jaden Delora, and that that's going to be a taller test. But I, I just continue to feel good about Oregon in this game. I don't know if they can cover that six points, but it's hard to pick against them at Autzen Stadium when when that crowd knows what's on the line. They they show up in a big big way, and the Bruins are not going to have faced anything like that before. It's it's a matchup that we're I, I I just can't wait. It needs to be here right now, Spencer. It just it needs to be. I've been waiting. We've been waiting two weeks for this. Have you not been going crazy waiting for the two weeks? Oh yeah, I mean it? everyone is uh, you know on the channel or on my channel at least. I think just 
just ready. Like I can see it in some of the comments. People, people are ready. It's not always direct. Like I want the game to start already, but sometimes I just kind of get a tone or a vibe of like, okay, people need, need football to, to watch and, and talk about again. And we're hoping for a positive result, of course, but just see it, just seeing some football and, you know, understand how this game will play out. And I, I, I think UCLA is for real. I, I do. It's, you know, my, my confidence in Oregon is not a slight against UCLA because nobody plays Utah. I mean, USC, granted they were on the road, there's a nail biter with the Utes, right? UCLA was in control for most of that game. They scored first and Utah was trying to fight and scrap and claw their way to stay in it. And by the end, it was a 17 point lead late in the fourth quarter. That's a statement kind of game. And, and that's the sort of team you have here an experienced quarterback who has not seen a lot of rain in his career, but has certainly seen his fair share of road environments. I think that helps, but he's not the only guy that's on the field. It's why I think that that is such a big advantage. And, you know, he hasn't seen it th- this season and UCLA can't win every game as, as well, right? They won, what is it? Nine, nine in a row. Nine in a row. Now I'm dating back to last year. Cause unfortunately their bowl game got canceled. I think they win that game anyway against, against NC state, but yeah, I, I I think that UCLA is is a really good team, but I had I had both of these teams over on Lockdown Pac-12 going ten and two coming into the year, and that's looking pretty darn good right now. And I I I thought Oregon would win this game before the season. My view has not changed because they've gotten things rolling. They they, they have looked the way they should against inferior competition, and then escaped against Washington State. And now they go into the meat of their schedule. And I think this is the first, you know, big time show me game for them. And I think they'll be ready. So what would you say? One quick key is that leads to an Oregon win. There's a million different ways that, that, that I could go here. But I think if you get off the field on third down at a greater than 50% clip, meaning UCLA at the end of the game, third and fourth down conversions combined. I think if those are under 50%, that's going to give Oregon the chance they need to win. Everything else, I think, will take care of itself. But that's the area where Oregon has really struggled. But if you look up at the end of this game and UCLA is 7-10 on third down and 2-3 of three on fourth, yeah, okay, you've got a problem. Because that pass defense is just not good enough on the back end and the secondary in particular to hold up to where they can allow those sorts of drives or allow those sorts of conversions and then be able to get off the field. But if they get off the field, in those moments and force UCLA to punt every now and then, which I think Chip will be more likely to do than usual if the rain starts coming down, right? Suddenly fourth and three at your own 47 feels like a punting situation because, well, there's an extra variable with the rain coming down and whatnot. I, I think that that benefits Oregon greatly. And that's that's the biggest stat I'm watching for is can the Ducks get off the field? And even though the Bruins like to play and score fast, can they stop them from sustaining drives that, that ultimately wear the defense out because that's been a problem for him this year. I guess we're on the same wavelength because I think this comes down to third down, as I teased before, the mistakes. You know, the environment, everything, it comes down. Third down is a very big key. I know I've been, you know, some Ducks fans have been like, it was, or, you know, the third down defense, it hasn't been as bad. If you're third worst in the country, that stands for something. Yeah. Even if it's an outlier against one team or another, through six games, that's what you are. And for UCLA, through six games, third down-wise, that's how they are. 
in the end, these are two 59 percent, right? They convert 59 percent of their third downs. Something ridiculous. I, I think it's I thought it was uh, 54 percent, but it's it, it is what Regardless. it is. If it's above 50 percent and you're best number in three the in the country, it, your best it is what it is. Either two teams with two of the best quarterbacks at completing their throws, running the football and defending the run. It's about teams that are slightly identical in terms of statistics instead of a couple a two couple right here and there. Both teams have not been m- making mistakes lately, which have led to wins, or they've been forcing key mistakes. That big Funa pick six to help really seal that Washington State game for UCLA. It was the big Latsu force fumble, pick it up, and return it to the one to set up a big punch-in touchdown. For th- this, for me, I think UCLA actually gets it done on the road. I think they pull it off. From when we chatted in the offseason, there wasn't a lot of confidence. It's a prove-me confidence, right? It's a prove-it, and UCLA has this weird dream-like quality where there's one team that gets this bug every college football season that gets this weird dream season-esque, and they can carry it. You remember Auburn from years ago? You get weird. Yep. So many, everything that just goes random, and UCLA hasn't had that crazy game, but they've been proving it every week, and somehow they've been getting better. And as game wears on, the games were on, the Bruins have been getting better. They go in the locker room, they come out a different team every week for the better. Against South Alabama, they played bad until the fourth quarter, they've looked better. I just can't pick against the Bruins, but it does come down to mistakes and third down defense, which could both be hand in hand. And when you have teams that are so evenly matched, that's often what it does come down to, right? And it's 50-50 as to what direction those particular areas of the game are going to go. But you mentioned how similar these teams are. I completely agree with you, right? Strong offensive lines. I think Oregon's is a little better, but UCLA's has certainly been good. DTR has had to make some throws under pressure, which he's capable of doing, but for the most part has been kept upright. They run the ball well. They want to run the ball first, but they're also explosive in the passing game. They've got mobile quarterbacks who complete a high percentage of their passes this year. They've got a great array of weapons, including at the running back position. Oregon's much more multiple and varied with their running backs compared to a bell cow like Zach Charbonnet, though. I I think Keegan Jones is a pretty solid backup from what I've seen, but Charbonnet is absolutely sensational. He will make you miss between the tackles, outside the tackles, wherever he can pass block as well. Both teams have good tight ends that they use. Both teams are strong against the run, and both teams struggle against the pass. Oregon's last in the Pac-12, passing yards allowed per game at 275. UCLA's a little bit better at 250 this year. So that that contrast is why I think this has the potential to be such a great game. But let's wrap this up with our final predictions, predictions here, Zach. I, I'm taking Oregon 34, UCLA... I'll go, I'll go, I'll go 30. I think, I think 30, 30, you know what? 34, 29. I think UCLA misses an extra point. Okay. Interesting. Barmir has been good at those for the most part. And even though he did miss that weirdly short field goal against Utah, that was, yeah, that was weird. He hooked that thing bad. That was, that was interesting. It's funny enough. It seems like we're both on the same wavelength where Oregon with that minus six, we don't think they cover. We're on that wavelength for sure. It, that it'll be a little bit closer for me. Yeah, I, I the 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 rain. My my initial instinct was to pick Oregon to cover that minus six, but you introduce the weather component. I think that makes it hard to pull away. More of a grinded out affair, and I think UCLA can keep it close and and cover that six. I'll take Oregon to win. UCLA to cover. Well, we're both in the same covering. I think UCLA 
goes crazy. 48-42. We're going nuts. We're going oh, absolute going crazy. Way nuts. Yeah, it's way nuts. Way, 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 way nuts. A lot if... of my a lot of my predictions have been around the 38-35. There's just some reason I think this one just goes berserk. Middle of the day. As it, uh, what did you say? It doesn't rain in Otson. It doesn't rain, Eugene. It doesn't rain in Otson. 48-42 Bruins. Something Stadium. crazy. That's what we want. It is It is worth noting. Both teams have been over 40 points offensively in every Pac-12 game this year, including a UCLA game against Utah. But we'll just see how it all plays out. Zach Anderson, Yoxheimer of Locked On UCLA, and of, my, of course myself, Spencer McLaughlin of Locked On Ducks for this Locked On crossover game of the week in the Pac-12. Can not wait. Zach, good to talk to you, my man. Thanks, Spencer. Go Bruins. Ducks will have a, It'll be crazy. <laughs> yes, indeed. It should be a great football game. Go Ducks. See you next time, everybody, and have a wonderful rest of your day.